0: mother's day weekend to you all story has been told of a little boy who forgot his lines up front in church the mother was there trying to prompt him trying to help him remember and keep moving forward but his mind her son's brain had gone blank you ever had that happen His was blank. Finally, she leaned forward and tried to enunciate in the loudest whisper possible his line, which was, I am the light of the world. Well, suddenly her son, brimming with confidence, spoke with loud and clear voice: My mother is the light of the world. Praise the Lord for mothers. Amen. Anna M. Jarvis, 1864 to 1948. She first suggested the national observance of an annual day honoring all mothers because she had loved her own mother so dearly. At a memorial service for her mother on May the 10th, 1908, Miss Jarvis gave a carnation, her mother's favorite flower, to each person who attended. Within the next five years, all major cities seemingly in America were honoring their mothers annually. And on May the 9th, 1914, by an act of Congress, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. He established the day as a time for public expression of our love and reverence for our mother's Of our country. I think Mother's Day is one of the best ideas for a a holiday that have ever been invented in this country because really, where would we be without mothers, right? Amen. Mothers are extremely special because mothers were chosen by God to give birth to new life into this world after creation. As a matter of fact, this morning I'd like to turn to the creation story. If you would go with me to Genesis chapter 3, because I believe God has a special message impregnated there for all of us humans who are born into this world. As you turn to Genesis chapter 3, I would like to pause for just a moment for the first of five giveaways this morning, just something as a token of our love and appreciation to our mothers. So grateful for Lauren Bennett, who's willingly accepted the position of assistant today in the sermon. Um, I would like to ask this question, what mother here has given birth to the most children? So I'd like to see a show of hands of who has given birth to at least maybe four children. Is there anyone here that has four children or more? Okay, in the front the back, how about five or more? couple. Okay. Uh, How about six or more? All right. Right here in the front, we have our first um, recipient. Thank you very much. Is it Lua? Is that right? Tua. Okay. Sorry. Thank you so much. We have a special gift for you. God loves you, and his grace is for you. Genesis chapter 3. Let's go there. Verse 20. I'd like to start. Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. Thank you. The Bible says, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. This verse is so unique and profound, especially when we notice the context within which it is placed. Because what do, or what does the first 20 verses of Genesis 3 have to do with? What topic? If you look back at Genesis chapter 3, the whole broad context, it is talking about the fall of Adam and Eve and the resulting curses that came upon them and the serpent. That's what it's all about. But yet, suddenly there is this positive Verse, This positive message, the rest of it not so positive, pretty negative. But suddenly we get to verse 20, and it is the only positive verse in all of Genesis chapter 3 in that it doesn't have something to do with Adam and Eve's fall into sin. Some have said that this is the first real expression of faith in the entire Bible to this point. After all the heartache and all the sadness that came as a result of Adam and Eve's disobedience from God, Adam pauses here in the midst of this trauma and he gives his wife a name. Her name literally means, Eve means, life giver. And this is significant. They've just experienced again all the curses that have come from their sin that would eventually result in death. But within these ominous curses, remember that God gave hope of life in the form of a promise. God said to the serpent in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, just a few verses earlier, God said, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. God, in the center of this initial crisis of sin, reveals that he already has the answer. The answer would come through the offspring of Eve. There would be a descendant to Eve to come that would crush the serpent's head. A deliverer would come, that would conquer this cunning foe and then reverse the course of the cataclysmic catastrophe for which he was responsible. Jesus is that life giver. He is that descendant through Eve that would come, and he did come and gave grace to all who have been disgraced by sin. Any person today, no matter what the breadth, Of or the depth of your sins might be has forgiveness and acceptance into this kingdom of grace through the life and the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and to show you the magnitude and the immediacy of this grace God gives this prophecy of this amazing news in the same moment that he learns of the disgraced act of sin committed by Adam and Eve in the garden. The promise did not go unnoticed. Adam recognizes it. He pauses from this vibe of the negativity of the narrative of this curse coming upon them in He gives Eve the name life giver. She would indeed become the mother of all living humans, but even more thrilling was the fact that she would also be the conduit through which the Savior, the ultimate life giver, would someday be born. Okay, it's time to pause again. I want to ask you, what mother here has the most children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren? We're talking about Eve being the conduit, the mother of all living things. Who has the most children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren combined? Let's start at eight, since we know seven was who has at least eight combined? What mother here might be have more or eight or more children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren combined? Is there a hand over here? Where's Jeff, you saw somebody? Oh, okay. Is that the only one? Let's see. There's a hand up here too. Okay. Nine. Ten. Eleven. Okay, you still get the prize back there, Lauren. You're in the right place. Thank you. We have a special gift for you. God loves you, and his grace is for you. All right. My mother is... A life giver not only did she give birth to me which was difficult no simple feat I'm sure but then she raised me which isn't even more difficult feat because honestly let's let's be real I've been a pretty big pain for a lot of my life but she's raised me but she didn't stop there you know every Time I speak with her, which is often, mom still speaks life into my life. And I'm so grateful for that. My wife has given birth to our three wonderful children, but she continues to do everything in her power still today to improve their lives every day. I appreciate that. I praise God for the special bond that exists between mothers and their children and that I get to see it in the lives of the mothers who are the closest to me, through my mother, through my wife. Mothers are blessed because they have that opportunity that is the greatest of opportunities, in that, that they can instill the love of God in their children through that undeniable bond that exists between mother and child. The story has been told of Robert Ingersoll, Robert Inger saw that famous, notorious skeptic who lived in the mid 1800s and died about 1899. He would go and travel and do circuit uh, lectures at universities. And the story is told of one university that he traveled to and, and spoke against Christianity as a major skeptic. Two students were walking home afterwards. One student said to the other, Well, I guess he knocked the props out from under Christianity, didn't he? The other student said, no, I don't think he did. You see, Ingersoll did not explain my mother's life. And until he can explain my mother's life, I will stand with my mother's God. Mothers have this amazing opportunity to showcase God's love to their children like none other. But maybe, just maybe your mother wasn't quite the example of God's love that you might have desired. Unfortunately, we know that we still live in a sinful world, and as a result, even the best parts of our sinful world can and have been oftentimes corrupted. This is where, though, the grace and the beauty of God really is lovely to behold, and this is the message of Isaiah 49. Pastor Brian read a couple of verses there in the inter- uh, the welcome and announcements this morning. Isaiah 49 uses that language of a mother and her children in the context of God's love for us, especially in the context of God's love that takes up any slack. And then goes the extra mile. And I love Isaiah 49. God steps in even when the best human examples of those who love and give life sometimes still falter. God is Redeemer. He is Rescuer. He is the Restorer, the Giver of Grace for all who are disgraced If a mother has a bond to her child because she gave birth and life to it, how much more bonded is God to all of us in that he has created everyone in this world? He gave life to all. So listen, I want to read the broad context of the prophet Isaiah and how he speaks about God's amazing grace and his undeniable bond with all his children, starting in Isaiah 49, verse 8. The Bible says, this is what the Lord says. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for your people to restore the land and to reassign its desolate inheritances, to say to the captives, come out. And to those in darkness, be free. They will feed beside the roads and find pasture on every barren hill. They will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat down on them. He who has compassion on them will guide them and lead them beside the springs of water. The Hebrew root word for compassion here is the same word for womb. I will turn all my mountains into roads and my highways will be raised up. See, they will come from afar, some from the north, some from the west, some from the regions of Aswan. Shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands, and your walls are ever before me. Your children hasten back, and those who laid you waste depart from you. Lift up your eyes and look around. All your children gather and come to you. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, you will wear them as ornaments all. You will put them on like a bride. Though you are ruined and made desolate, your land laid waste. Now you will be too small for your people and those who devoured you will be far away. The children born during your bereavement will yet say in your hearing, this place is too small for us. Give us more space to live. Then you will say in your heart, who bore me these? I was bereaved and barren. I was exiled and rejected. Who brought these up? I was left all alone. But these, where have they come from? This is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, I will beckon to the nations. I will lift up my banner to the peoples. They will bring your sons in their arms and carry your daughters on their hips. Kings will be your foster fathers and their queens your nursing mothers. They will bow down before you with their faces to the ground. They will lick the dust on your feet, at your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. Can plunder be taken from warriors or captives be rescued from, their, from the fierce? But this is what the Lord says. Yes, captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce. I will contend with those who contend with you and your children I will save. Can I get an amen out there? I will make your oppressors eat their own flesh and they will be drunk on their own blood as with wine. Then all mankind will know that I am the Lord, am your Savior, your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Hallelujah. Oh, o beloved church, family, and friends of our Lord Jesus Christ, do you believe today in the Lord as your Savior, as your Redeemer, as your mighty one who will cover your disgrace with his amazing grace. The same God who came to the rescue in the Garden of Eden at the beginning of time will come to your rescue every time. Do you believe that? Think of the mothers and the countless others who in the Bible saw God's grace Reverse the course of their disgrace in their lives. Eve, she could have become lost in her disgrace, the burden, the guilt, but God showed up with abundant grace immediately. Hannah, in the book of 1 Samuel, faced disgrace because she had no children, but she prayed for a son, and oh, did she get a son. Samuel was born, and Hannah rejoiced in God's grace. Elizabeth. Elizabeth in the gospel story was barren, but in Luke 1 she rejoiced in God's grace because when she found out she was pregnant, she marveled at the Lord and in her words said that God had removed her disgrace. And Mary, the very mother of Jesus himself, became pregnant through the Holy Spirit and faced disgrace through public opinion. But Mary Did not live in disgrace. Oh no. Mary rejoiced because she was blessed to live in the presence of the embodiment and fulfillment of God's grace every day through her son Jesus Christ. The savior of any disgraced individual who will turn to him and decide to live in his abundant and amazing grace. Eve, Hannah, Elizabeth, Mary, and the list goes on and on and on. Blessed mothers who saw their disgrace turned into grace. Females and males alike, myself, I have seen my abundant disgrace completely covered by God's more amazing grace. How about you? Are you living in disgrace Or have you decided to accept God's amazing grace there for you? Before the first child was born into this world, God promised grace for every child that would ever be born. Eve received that hope, and it gave her a reason to carry on. Any mother today can remember that their precious child has the potential promise of the Savior themselves. All who have sinned have great hope, have something to live for today. Let's pause again. What mother has a child living the farthest away from her? We talked about how even the best of human agencies sometimes falter, and and, and sometimes we can't stay together as families, and, and, and our children can be long distances away, so we want to honor someone who has a child living the farthest away from them. Who has a child that is living at least across the country from them? Raise their hand. All right, in the back we have a couple. Okay, who has a child living across the ocean somewhere away from us? Okay, let's see. What part of the other side of the country? Maryland, Jackie, Florida, New York. Okay, Maryland, New York. New York gets it. I'm so sorry. So close. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I don't know. Maybe somebody needs to fill up a GPS and figure that one out. But, all right. Thank you very much. There's a special gift for you. God loves you, and His grace is for you. One last point, and yes, I'm going to wrap up. Eve was blessed to become a life giver. That was her name. Life giver. The first to fall into sin becomes the first to bear new life. Is that profound? Jesus was born through her and has now called all of us to join in becoming life givers also. How so? 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, among many other verses that could be shared, but I love this one, one of my favorites, says, but you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special people, possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. He's calling you now to help call others into that wonderful light too. So how can we get busy Becoming life givers for God's kingdom of grace. What disgraced individual lives within your sphere of influence? And how do you react to that person, those people? I did some deep reflection when I wrote that question for the sermon. I want to do more in proclaiming God's praises before the disgraced individuals that I know. How about you? I want to ever be about showing grace to the disgraced. Because I truly believe, and I I propose to you today, that becoming a constant witness of God's grace to the disgraced of this world is the greatest opportunity set before any woman, man, girl, or boy. Amen? Amen that's alive today. Another pause. What mother here has given birth the most recently? We're talking about now being conduits of God's grace and helping give life. Who just has been a part of this in reality and giving birth recently? I was thinking, Becca, all right, she comes running in the back. I was thinking you might be the one today, Becca. All right. Thank you. We have a special gift for you god loves you and his grace is for you to close i'd like to tell you about one last terrific mother in 1826 this lady sojourner truth and her baby daughter escaped from slavery in ulster county new york yes that's her name sojourner truth isn't that an awesome name I'm all about this lady right now. She's amazing. Soon after her escape from slavery, she learned that her five year old son Peter had been illegally sold to a man in Alabama. Sojourner Truth raised money for a lawyer, she filed a complaint in court, and she successfully got Peter, her son, out of slavery. A landmark case in which a black woman successfully sued a white man in court. She went on to become, get this, a Christian preacher. That's why I love this lady. Went on to become a Christian preacher in New York City and toured the Northeast speaking about the Bible, abolition, women's suffrage, and other things. Sojourner Truth. What a name. What a woman. What a mother mothers are a wonderful gift from god no doubt about it god has instilled in mothers this undeniable willingness to go the extra mile for their children to go to great lengths today we recognize the beauty in this bond between a mother and child today we also thank god for blessing us in spite of the curse of our sins. Let us thank God that he was willing to send us, his son, Jesus, the sojourner of all truth, to sacrifice himself going the extra mile and doing so buying us back from the slavery of sin, all of us who have been so disgraced by it. And praise God, That he is now willing to ask us to now speak for him throughout our lives in order to help give life to so many others, potential heirs of his wonderful everlasting kingdom of grace. Grace for the disgraced. Blessed Eve. Blessed you. Blessed me. Last giveaway. Is anyone here close to giving birth? Pretty sure there is in the back. I was thinking Caitlin is back there. Anybody else that's closer? Okay, I think we have a winner back here. Thank you, Lauren. Caitlin, we have a special gift for you. God loves you, and his grace is for you. And that goes for all of you. Let's stand together and let's pray, shall we? Father in heaven, we are just so grateful for your amazing grace because all of us, all of us have been disgraced by sin. But yet you rush to us with aid to tell us there is a promise, that there is acceptance and love and assurance of eternal life in your amazing kingdom. Lord, I. I just pray today a special blessing on all of the mothers here, those life givers who go the extra mile, Lord, with that special bond that they have with their children. Lord, we are so grateful for this unbreakable bond that you have and love for all of us, your children. And Lord, we cannot wait to be one big family together in your soon coming kingdom. Bless us to all be there We love you, we thank you, and we believe in you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray today.